Welcome to the Iceland Travel Podcast. I'm your Icelandic proud local host, Skuli Arason. In this podcast, we learn about Iceland from people who know what you need to know about the country and what makes it tick. Hilmar Thor Bergman from the Kvamsvik Hot Spring Nature Resort in the Kvalfjörður Fjord came by and we dove into everything about the area. The Kvamsvik Hot Springs opened in 2022 and are conveniently located a short drive from Reykjavik. On our excellent homepage, icelandtravel.is, there are many informational blogs, articles about Iceland and many aspects of the country. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube as well. Stay up to date by smashing those like and subscription buttons and get all the Iceland content and inspiration we have online. Let's head on to the fjord of Wales and hear what Hilmar has to say. So Hilmar, Kvalfjörður, uh, many people miss Kvalfjörður in Iceland. <laughs> it's, it's, it's close to Reykjavik, but we still tend to miss it because of the tunnel. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a, an area that many Icelanders actually really dislike um, yeah. having to, you know, or used to have to drive there a good 45 to 50 minutes, like round um, the fjord to get to the north of Iceland. So I think many people were relieved when the tunnel opened. But now we're slowly starting to realize again that it actually is quite a, a hidden gem, really. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, great spots in the fjord for like nice hikes and, and just outdoor activities. Um, and it's quite, you know, private now, really. Yeah. Um, there is increased traffic now to, for example, Glimmer, the waterfall at the bottom of the fjord, which is probably one of the most beautiful hikes you can do in Iceland. Um, I agree. I've done. I've done it many yeah, times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's absolutely stunning, and I think it's slowly getting on the map again as kind of like a, um, a small, like secret escape, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite close to Reykjavik still, only a forty-five minute drive or so. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful drive. That's the thing as well. It's like it's not. It's not uh, like driving on a highway for forty-five minutes. You're literally. In nature, you know, enjoying the scenery and the view and, and um, yeah, I think it's becoming, or I hope people are now realizing more and more what a, a true gem it really is, you know. Yeah, because I remember as a kid, as many Icelanders do, that if, when you're going somewhere doing the ring road or something, mm-hmm. then you had to start doing the long qualifier. And yeah. that's why people talked about it being like a almost a chore to have to drive that. Yeah. But in later years, when it's become less visited, you get to appreciate the rolling hills that you're doing. And of course, yep. the varied nature, because you have very interesting rock formations in the end of the fjord yep. and kind of changing throughout. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, people talk about the fjords in Norway, um, West fjords in Iceland and the East fjords and everything. But the reality is, Kvalfjörður is literally just as good yeah. it's a fjord that's literally out our doorstep when you're when you're in Reykjavik yeah. um and it's I think just as beautiful if not better you know yeah um and you know hopefully um people start visiting it more frequently um and you know just making use of of the beauty of uh, of the nature in this close proximity to Reykjavik you know it's um yeah like I said, it's quite stu- stunning. Yeah, and easy, <laughs> easy to visit also. That's the that's that's a yeah. really interesting thing because 
you have so many uh, places that we call close to Reykjavik mm-hmm. in the Reykjanes Peninsula, South Iceland, and even up to Borgafjörður, north mm-hmm. of Kvalfjörður. Yep. But of course, Kvalfjörður itself has its own charms. And of course now, with, for example, Glimmer mm-hmm. being a beautiful hiking area, and of course, Kvamsik. Yep. Kvamsik is a new, um, well, we like to say destination, really. Um, it's a... Uh, Another hidden gem in Kalfjörður, um, and it's a perfect spot for bathing now. Um, it's like uh, this cove in the fjord, really, where, where you often have calmer weathers, um, and the the ocean is still, um, you know, tends to be quite calm. And we often say there's always good weather in uh, Kvamsvik, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though the weather is crazy elsewhere. And we actually thought about uh, putting webcams. Uh, yeah. just to have a live feed on the website so people can actually see when the weather is wild in most places it's lovely in Kvamsvik of yeah. course it can get crazy as well I mean it's Iceland after yeah, all <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I still think like most of the time when you have crazy weathers like on Kalanes on the way crazy winds you often have a very calm climate in, in Kvamsvik yeah it's, um, a, it's an oasis almost yeah yeah and there's a lot of options of um, hiking in Komsvik as well, uh, going on to Komshövde. And obviously the <coughs> the location is quite rich in history as well. Um, mm-hmm. Being a former naval base, which is a part of history that many people don't like, but is still a part of the history, you know. I mean, I, mean, I don't even think that many people are aware of the occupation yeah. in Iceland during Second World War. Yeah. I mean... This is one of the main historic sites regarding the Second World War in Iceland. Absolutely, it's Kvamsvik, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so both Kvamsvik and Kvitanes, which is the next property east from Kvamsvik, yeah. um, were quite prominent um, during the occupation in the, in the war. Um, and, uh, and then there is also many other you know, interesting um, places to visit. And for example, Stoipa State, Norstedi, which yeah. is also in Kvamsvik. Um, the Elf Rock, um, <laughs> where Einbúin lives, and, and there is actually a... Um, it's a fact that when they built the tunnel, Kolferagungin, um, um, the government sent a committee of people to go and speak to the Einbúi, the elf in Stöpastead, to get permission to uh, build the tunnel. And this is writ- it's a written record, you know. It's, it's not a, a, a f- story that someone made up, you know. It's, it actually happened. And it happened because there's a history of elves disturbing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Construction and, absolutely, bu- and yeah. road building yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there, there is all, all kinds of um, stories of elves and trolls. And obviously, Whale Fjord, you know, the fjord takes its name from... Um, from Rauðhöfði, the, the whale yeah. um, that used to live in the fjord, and, and that's another um, folklore, if you like. I don't um, know that story. What is this? Uh... Well, there was a um, uh, a witch, or uh, north, as we say, um, yeah. who put a spell on uh, a man, and he became a, a whale uh, called Rauðhöfði. Oh. And he li- lived at the opening of the fjord, and... Uh, well, the story says that he didn't spare anyone that oh. uh, was had uh, any errands to run in, in Walefjord, you know. Um, <laughs> now, the detail of how many people <coughs> were affected or possibly um, died yeah, yeah. Um, 
is a uh, not known, no. <laughs> but but there is a yeah, like I said, there's all kinds of interesting stories or history uh, in the area, and then obviously more recently as well, you have um, connections to big projects like Game of Thrones as well, yeah, um, where scenes were shot both in Kvamsvik and in Thorofoss, which okay. is in Kjoseskarth. And that's quite uh, popular for travelers that are interested in that part of, um, you know, the the movie side. And, and it's, uh, it's quite difficult to see the location in Game of Thrones, for example, unless you know what you're looking for, because yeah. obviously there's a lot of post-production. There's always um, CGI, there are dragons yeah. about. There's no dragons there. Uh, uh, right? Not that I've seen, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there are elves and, and, and human-like whales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's a... Um, yeah, not that I've seen. And then, you know... I actually I actually noticed that Kvamsik is, of course, used in the... Third series of the Icelandic Trapped series, O5, mm -hmm. yep. uh, the Trapped is which is quite popular on Netflix, I know. Yep. And that was like one of the main sites for yep. for that, yep. for the third season, right, of Trapped, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kvammur, the old farmhouse, um, which we call the farmhouse on the property, um, yeah. um, was the home of, of the um, uh, group led by... Um, uh, Olaver, no, Eid Olofsson. Eid Olofsson. Yeah. Um, so they lived there, and uh, you can actually make out um, the location quite well in, in that in the series, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, you kind of have to know what you're looking for, though. I mean, it's the magic of movies. You're you're in Icelanders had a had a problem watching movies sometimes because they were so irritated seeing people walking into a house in, in South Iceland and then <laughs> exiting in the East Fjords. Yeah. But hey, if you don't know where it is, then and you shouldn't be too concerned about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but one thing that I remember is, and I, I've always heard this story about, uh, they wanted to have, um, regarding the history of Kolfurður, mm -hmm. that they wanted to have like a summit on a, on a, on a military boat on the middle of the fjord, Winston Churchill or something, right? Yeah, so um, obviously the um, British army initially occupied Iceland in the, in the Second World War. And I think, you know, I mean, the storybooks tell us it was primarily done to prevent the Nazis from having that um, link between continental Europe and, and the US. Yeah. Um, and subsequently, uh, the US took over the occupation towards yeah. the end of the war. There is stories that go around that Churchill visited Kvamsvik, for example, yeah. um, in the war, but obviously none of it is, uh, it's not recorded in writing anywhere. Okay. I think all of these um, visits by, you know, uh, higher politicians were kept secret at the time for a reason, yeah, um, of trying to protect them, obviously. Um, so, but then again, you know, speaking to people that lived in the area at the time, um, some of whom are still alive now, yeah. um, they all have very interesting stories to say. And, and obviously, you know, like I said, none of it is a written record no, or no. confirmed, but there is lots of interesting um, uh, potential facts. Yeah, you know. because I saw photos scattered around the the, the fjord of Kvalfjörður. Yeah. And of course, relating to there's on the northern side of the fjord, there's a museum about this, this yep. uh, war yep. museum. The of, war and Peace Museum, yeah. 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 And I saw some photos which were interesting because it's such a, 
peaceful. <laughs> it's such a peaceful and tranquil and kind of scarcely populated area. Mm -hmm. And then you have these photos showing thousands of soldiers, you yep. know, being yep. there. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> absurd, you know, thinking about, I, I'm thinking, where, where were the room for these people? But of course they had like... <laughs> yeah, and, and even, you know, we, we spoke to someone quite recently, actually, who um, says she lived there at the time of the war in Kvammur, the, yeah. the old farmhouse. And she said um, the occupation happened obviously quite um, quickly and uh, it was almost a silent war between the residents at the time and the soldiers that arrived in Komsvik. So obviously you just had a family living in the farm and then subsequently the soldiers came and just occupied the, the uh, land and moved into their farmhouse but the residents refused to move out. Um, it was their house. You know, yeah. where were they going to go? <laughs> so they just quietly lived there with a lot of soldiers, like sleeping on the floor and, on, you know, <laughs> just all over the house. There was soldiers everywhere. You could barely walk around. And then they just still peacefully lived together in, in silence, you know, for a couple of years. <laughs> it's so absurd. <laughs> yes. <It's... laughs> and, and actually the house on the... <clears throat> um, Top of the hill in Kvamsvik, we call it the Hilltop House now, um, which is being rented out um, for accommodation. Um, that was constructed by the army yeah. in the war as a communications hub. Um, and the house is still original, as it was made by the military. Apart from, obviously, we've put in some windows and, and um, uh, renovated it. But the walls are about 50 centimeter thick concrete mm. walls, uh, supposed to withstand the bomb attack. Um, and that was built and placed there strategically because you've got a completely uninterrupted view, 360 degrees over the fjord. Mm. Um, so actually, it's quite a stunning house to stay at if you're visiting Iceland to um, experience the view and the beauty of the of the nature in the fjord. You know. Yeah, the walls should be able to, you know. To, to work in Icelandic weather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had some crazy weather um, this winter yes. and last winter. Yeah. Um, we've had, we have uh, one uh, new building on in Kvamsvik, which uh, opened or we um, put up last summer that has had quite a beating and quite a few windows have broken um, in the last month or so. But yeah. the house on top of the hill stands as it is and there's no, yeah. absolutely no sign there's been any bad weather, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's called military grade. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, military yeah. grade is always, you know, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Kvamsvik, the spa itself, mm -hmm. I mean, what's the history behind that? When, because... I, I don't think Icelandic people, we associate like the South Icelandic area, the Reykjanes area and the Mývats area primarily to hot springs and mm -hmm. those kinds of activities. Mm -hmm. And of course, Borgafjörður as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of them, but Kvalfjörður as well, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I think what you're referring to is probably the areas where you can visibly see the geothermal heat come up to the surface yeah. of the of the earth. and. And uh, you can see the steam blowing, you know, as you walk or drive past, you know. But the reality is across Iceland, there is geothermally or naturally hot water mm -hmm. all over the country. Yeah. The question is finding it. Um, and a lot of people, obviously, both farmers and, and uh, you know, uh, just the general public have been drilling for uh, hot water throughout the probably past couple of hundreds, hundreds of years, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and some are successful and some are not. Um, sometimes you have to drill a hundred holes to find uh, one that actually um, lands in hot water. But there is a drilling hole in Kvamsvik, um, and uh, so there is geothermal water on the property. Um, and there is one pool which now forms part of the Kvamsvik Hot Springs um, area, which has been there for tens of years. We don't know exactly how long, but it was made by the residents uh, living there at the time, where they just basically took some rocks from the sh from the beach, gathered them up, and then just made used some cement to fill in the holes and the gaps. Um, and then they had a garden hose yeah. running from the drilling hole into the hot spring or the pool, um, and the water comes up from the drilling hole at about 88 degrees Celsius. So the water going into the through the hose was obviously extremely hot. Yeah, so what, yeah. So what they had to do was, if they wanted to go and bathe, you'd have to go about an hour or two beforehand, remove the hose, and let the water cool down naturally yeah. uh, before you could actually go in and bathe. You know, mm -hmm. and that was kind of the um, the inspiration behind the new hot springs area, which we are operating there now. Is kind of, you know, the owner school and Grima have been going to this old pool for the last 10 years um, and just really enjoying the beauty of the location, you know, yeah. and how amazing it is to be able to just sit there and bathe in naturally hot water with the view you have there and the, you know, serenity of the location, really. Um, and wanted to kind of find a way to um, allow other people to enjoy the, the same privilege mm -hmm. um, and doing it in quite a sustainable way um, so not making it uh, too big or crowded um, but using a lot of the resources from the area and from the property to kind of um, you know make it a location where you can still have you know just enough people to sustain a business yeah. you know um but not like i said an overcrowded location where you have um uh too much interruption to the mm -hmm. wildlife and the nature in the area um so that's kind of like what the goal was mm -hmm. and i think has um has materialized quite well you know yeah. it's uh i think uh, yeah they've hit the nail on the head really um, with the location. It's interesting, with the wildlife, uh, a friend of mine, she was there the other day and uh, and she was, I guess, because she went into the ocean, which you mm -hmm. can do very comfortably from, yep. from, the, from the pools themselves, and she had a lot of uh, photos and stuff of the seal, which was just about 10 meters from her in yep. the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there, there's... Um, I mean, the most I've seen at any one time was 12 seals. 12 seals? Yeah. So <laughs> there is quite a lot that live in, obviously, in Kvamsvik. Yeah. Um, and there seem to be quite a few that kind of live in Kvamsvik or around Kvamsvik. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they are extremely curious creatures. Yes, yes. Um, and so usually when people are um, swimming or we also have paddle boards um, that we allow the guests to use in, in the hot springs when the weather is uh, appropriate mm -hmm. and um, they always stick their head up you know to have a look and see what's going on and uh, it's fascinating really yeah. um, you know a lot of people obviously love it 
Some people get scared, you know, yeah, I, I don't mean, know what it is or, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen. They're not so small. No, um, no, they're not. And especially when there's more than one, you know, yeah. uh, if they kind of surround you. It can be quite daunting, you know, um, but they're completely harmless, obviously. Um, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we had, the, for example, the ocean swim competition um, in September mm-hmm. last year where we had um, 45 swimmers swim around the two islands just at the on the outskirts of the of the bay mm-hmm. um about a kilom- 1.2 kilometers or so yeah. the route was and the entire way there were seals swimming along the swimmers yeah all the way around the <laughs> islands and back you know they were watching out for them they were yeah rocket arms. yeah <laughs> and, and you know there, there's also a lot of bird life um in kvamsvik and i think it's great to see really that the um, making of the hot springs bathing area that's open now yeah. hasn't disrupted the wildlife in the area. So they don't seem to have been affected by the construction when it took place. Obviously, we tried to be very considerate yeah. um, and that seems to have worked out. But also the key really is that the pools are all natural. So mm-hmm. the water is completely, it's ocean water mixed with the geothermal hot water yeah. and there's no chemicals or anything. So. When the water is overflowing from the hot springs into the beach, um, there's yeah. no chemicals going out into the nature. No. Um, so it's all um, as natural as it gets. And actually, um, interestingly enough, the birds actually seem to like having the hot water yeah, around, man. you know. So often if you come in the morning, if you're the first one to arrive before we open, you can see some of the either birds kind of like lingering around the pool. It's yeah. like wondering whether they should get in or, you know, <laughs> kind of sitting around just enjoying the the naturally hot water, you know. They're watching out for the place during the night. Exactly, uh, yeah. Keeping an eye on yeah. it for us. Yeah, there are security guards. <laughs> animal security guards. Great. Uh, the, 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 the setup at Kvamsuk is so nice. I remember I was lucky enough to visit last August, I think. Mm-hmm. We even did a video, which yep. is on our Instagrams and YouTubes and, yep. and, and Facebooks that you can all check out, mm-hmm. where Hilmar introduces the place. But it's so nice that I remember we were driving there and you can't really see it from the road. Well, mm-hmm. not at all, basically. Yep. And you just drive there and you think, okay, I'm just walking to the beach. And then all of a sudden you see the um, the the house itself, mm-hmm. which is a... What, what, Bracke, what's the... the uh, like a barrack. Yeah, a barrack. Yeah. A barrack-style building uh, greeting you, which is blends really seamlessly into the beach itself, mm-hmm. being kind of a rocky color. And... And it's surprisingly the 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 whole setup is surprisingly bigger than you would imagine when you're walking there. Yeah, and I think again, I think that was part of the goal mm-hmm. um, was to, you know, do it in collaboration with the environment and the nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the the barrack shaped building, the service building, is a um, another connection to the history of the of the place. Um, and we actually have a picture showing two. Uh, barrack buildings right in the same location during the war yeah um so kind of recreating that um part of history in the shape of a building um and then you know like we said before using the resources from the area all the pools are formed using the rocks from the beach um and from the property so you you wouldn't really notice something out of place yeah. it's all it fits in with a with a landscape um 
and like I said also before, it's it's not huge. No, it's meant to be quite <clears throat> um, secluded and a kind of a raw and authentic experience, where you don't ever get the feeling of crowding or walking into uh, a man-made, um, you know, monstrosity. Monst- monstrous <laughs> monstrosity. <laughs> yeah. That's one way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> man-made, obviously man-made thing. You know, because it's the the if we say because the architecture isn't that flashy it's more about being you know it's it's more camouflage style that's, that's yeah. yeah and and you know again it's just um grima is an interior designer um yeah. and her and schoolie they kind of drew this whole thing by themselves she obviously did all the interior design and everything mm-hmm. um but you know it's more about it's their concept really yeah. um they didn't hire a big architectural firm to create some unique concept in the world or you know it was more about again just relaying this um authentic icelandic bathing experience you know um it's quite um minimalistic in ways but at the same time it's um there's a lot of attention has gone into all the detail um in the concept and obviously they um they are very fond of art, so there's a lot of art pieces in in the building as well. And then, like I said, you know, just using the sand and the and the rocks from the beach and the concrete in the terrazzo style floor in the building, and and um, all the handrails are made using old phone masts yeah. that were lying around on the property. And you know, it just all, like you said, it blends in with the nature, and that was exactly the point. Yeah, I I think I think and the, the layout is so nice also that because you have uh, adjacent to the barrack itself, then you have like the main pool we could call it, yep. and then you have a series of pools and little pathways, yep. which make it very uh, it's, it's the experience like because you you roam between the pools, mm-hmm. and for those being tough and cool like myself. You you swim in the ocean as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, and and that's another beauty of it is when you have um, it's eight pools in total, and yeah. then we also have a steam room, etc., and and the ocean. Um, but the beauty is, you know, the people visiting they kind of spread around the area, um, and again, you never get this feeling of crowding, mm-hmm. um, and also having different pools rather than one big pool or lagoon you can control the temperature more easily. So we have eight pools and they all have their own different temperatures. So everyone should be able to A, find something they like and find comfortable, but B, if you want to move around and experience different temperatures, you can do that as well, you know, like you would do in the traditional Icelandic swimming pools, you know, where you go to a pool and then you go to the really hot... (laughs) Hot tub, you know, for, that's for the brave ones, for the brave degrees. ones, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then you kind of like move around and cool down slowly, yeah. Um, you know, we'll throw, down to individual preference. We'll throw in a tip for you guys when you're traveling around Iceland, going to the standard, you know, local pools the cold one and the hottest one, those are for the bravest ones, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. also most healthy. <laughs> yeah, the hottest one can can be uh, really hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost scalding. Yeah. Yeah, but but I, I thought it was beautiful also just to just to do the rounds and when you're in a mood for a sauna, you can do the no the steam bath. I mean, mm-hmm. then you can do the steam bath, which is really successful i mean that building and 
and also the excellent restaurant you have. Yeah, I mean, the restaurant has been very well received. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, again, it's a, it's a small restaurant. Because it's a bistro, really. Um, and the, we work with a chef, Henry Karl Ellison, his name is. Um, and he does the menu for us. And he does a lot of cooking as well in Komsug in general when we have, uh, you know, group staying and, and having dinner parties or whatever it is. Um, and he's an excellent chef. He has worked in Michelin star restaurants in Copenhagen in Denmark and he worked at Dill um, downtown Reykjavik when they um, got their Michelin star initially. The only one in Iceland, right? So yeah, I think now there is uh, Oaks as well okay. um, by Thrawn Freyr. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, that's hopefully we'll have more yeah. in, in the years to come. Um, but he knows Schooly um, and Schooly, the owner, he gave him the task of creating a menu uh, for a small restaurant that was excellent, but easy enough to make so that Schooley could cook the food himself. <laughs> um, and uh, I think he's succeeded in doing that. Um, yeah, Schooley luckily doesn't go often to the kitchen, <laughs> but when he does, he can pull it off. Um, but the seafood soup is the specialty on the menu. I tried it. I can I can recommend it for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it's it's uh, well, we'll spoil the secret. We've sold more seafood soup than beer since we opened. Yeah, that's that's a crazy statistic. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that says a lot about the quality of the soup. You know, yeah. it's uh, and again, you know, Hendrik, um, the chef or Hindi as we call him, he you know puts a lot of emphasis as well as utilizing the. Um, resources from the area yeah. in, the, in the food making and obviously we are in Kvalfjörður in a fjord next to the ocean so why not what was more appropriate than having a seafood soup you know yeah I think um, Kvalfjörður one of the things that it's famous for is being the best mussel place in Iceland right it is yeah um, obviously there are certain seasons where it's not recommended yeah. um, to pick the mussels in Kvalfjörður like anywhere else really yeah. uh, but you know generally speaking um, and I mean my Grandparents had a cabin by Mörfelsvatn, which yeah. is 10 minutes away from Komsvik. Um, and I remember as a kid going down to Komsvik to pick mussels and, and barbecuing them in the summertime, you know. That's very so, cool. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a tradition that's been going on for a long time, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, and again, just keeping in line with the whole idea of the concept, you know, trying to do this whole experience for people in collaboration with the environment and the nature, you know. Mm -hmm. Just utilizing what we have um, around us. Yeah, and I think it's an excellent addition because uh, I've already spoken to many and 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 in uh, the Iceland travel social media as I visited some of some of these bars around Iceland, mm -hmm. and to me it's so lovely that they have their own special special taste. Each one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's not like uh, anyone's uh, stepping on each other's toes in that regard. No, I don't think so, and I think you know obviously. Icelanders are known for bathing a lot, yeah. you know, and in nature as well. You know, we all obviously have the public swimming pools all over yeah. uh, and people are often, often, well, flabbergasted really or amazed by the fact that there is a tiny little village somewhere with a hundred residents and there's a huge swimming pool. You know? <laughs> um, and now you have more of these uh, more natural looking places um, that are now open and some are still in the making and being opened in the coming years and mm -hmm. that's 
great. Yeah. They all are unique in their own uh, way. And I think actually, um, like Icelanders would do, we would be quite likely to drive around Iceland to go the ring road yeah. um, and visit all the bathing places on the way. Yeah. And I think that's now becoming quite um, intriguing for travelers to do as well, you know, yes. for people that are visiting Iceland for the first time or even, you know, second or Especially fifth time. if you're coming many times, then, you have, then it's one of your missions. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. Um, so we, we get a lot of visitors that are, have been to many other yeah. um, bathing places in Iceland and, you know, um, and they all enjoy them, you know. Yeah. And like you said, they're all unique in their own way and that's... Um, that's great. It's just adding to the flora of activities you can do when you're visiting Iceland, you know. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I'm at least looking forward to visiting you guys again uh, because I've been there in summer and I know this, the charms are always different, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the charms during winter are totally different, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I think, um, you know... <sighs> You know, the tidal pool, which is one of the pools we have on the beach, is quite low or close to the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, the whole idea of that as well is you should be able to visit Kamsvik probably three, four, maybe even five times. Uh, if you come at in different seasons or a different time of the day, depending on whether you have a high tide or a low tide, you'll kind of get a different experience every time. Yeah. So the whole appearance of the area changes. Now, obviously, you have snow. So everything is white um, around you. And then you have a, when you have a high tide, you know, that pool is completely under the ocean um, mm. and cold like <laughs> the ocean is. But sitting in that pool, when the tide goes out or comes in mm. and experiencing it cooling down and warming up and appearing and disappearing, it's quite unique actually. Yeah. And that's my favorite time of the day to be in the pools is when you can sit there and kind of, yeah, live that moment of the tide. The transition between... Yeah. Between, I mean, we could call that the ultimate uh, infinity pool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's quite amazing because um, it happens quite fast. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you sit in there and, you know, we have had guests as well that um, didn't really realize what was happening. Just yeah. sitting in the in the pool, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they have a drink or something or chatting, yeah. and then twenty minutes have passed. They look around, and they're in the middle of the ocean. You know, obviously, <laughs> you feel the water cooling down slowly. But mm -hmm. if it's a good summer day yeah. and the ocean temperature is around, you know, ten degrees or you know, just under ten degrees, and then you know, you're just lost in nature and and enjoying the yeah. sunshine and, and a good drink then yeah. you know it happens very quickly and all of a sudden you're <laughs> in the middle of the atlantic ocean if you're breathing deeply you won't notice it notice it then yeah. it's just you know your heart rate takes care of the warmth for you exactly <laughs> yeah and then you know that's another thing um that we do as well is the wim hof method okay which exactly is the breathing technique of uh yeah, so Wim Hof, the, the method is uh, obviously originates from Wim Hof, yeah. who is Dutch, um, and it's becoming more and more popular, I guess, around the world. And Eva um, is our Wim Hof instructor, okay. um, so she does some workshops with us and and um, teaches this. It's a um, cold exposure technique, um, and it's... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of breathing involved, a little bit of exercising the brain, you know, preparing yourself for the shock of being exposed to extreme cold 
you know. Are you good at it, Helmar? Um, I'm getting better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's all, you know, what they or she is trying to portray is it's about the state of mind, really. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people would go into freezing cold water and, like, clench all their, all their muscles and, like, really try to stay in there for two minutes just because it's cool or supposed to be healthy. Mm -hmm. But they, you know, want to portray that actually that doesn't do anything for the body. You yeah. need to be able to relax your muscles and your veins in the cold um, water yeah. for it to really have the impact you want. Um, and the Wim Hof method is, is around preparing yourself to be able to do that. Yeah. To go into the cold water without that... Um, resistance feeling. yeah exactly yeah, the You're... resistance to the cold re and, and just people going so much into shock that they can't think about anything else than enduring until they go get out of it yeah kind of yeah uh, yeah so it's not supposed to be a um an experience which you are you know trying to avoid mm -hmm. you you should really uh, embrace it you know as an ocean swimmer myself, I, 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 I know both things because when your state of mind isn't that great or maybe your men mental attitude towards the cold is aggressive or negative, mm -hmm. then you really cleanse up. And yeah. as soon as you relax, as soon as you're able to let go, so to speak, yeah. and it's a totally different matter. Then you can swim around. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, you can you can you can join the seals dancing around the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go go paddleboarding and and um, yeah, avoid the shock of the cold water when you actually fall off the board yeah. and into the ocean. You know. One thing is for sure: there's plenty of cold water to get into here in Iceland. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Plenty. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. So, Elmar, thank you so much. Uh, I think we covered a lot of things, and I mean, I mean, uh, there's still, of course, many other things to cover. Mm -hmm. And one thing I, I would say is, when you're here, there are many hiking paths that are definitely worth checking out. When you're maybe if you're doing a day trip and you would visit Kvamsvik, and may maybe do something else in Kvalfjord as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, you know, with uh, Glimmer on the corner and Thorefoss is there and. Laxardalur um, and um, Fossardalur as well. Yeah. Um and then we're only thirty minutes away from Thingvellir too, you know. Yeah, you, and, you uh, basically drive over the ridge, so to speak. Yeah, Kjøsaskarði. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, if you if people want to come and visit Kamsvik, I can look at our activity calendar as well, and okay. we do some walking tours as well, um, <gasps> some ocean swimming um, lessons and Wim Hof lessons, etc. There's yoga retreats. I mean, there's all kinds of activities to undertake um, aside from the bathing experience yeah, itself. I'll, I'll have to whim off myself, you know, up even more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. We look forward to having you back. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's I'm going to taste the sea, sea, sea soup, sea, seafood soup again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Hilmar. Thank you for having me. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.